Welcome to the Sharing is Caring podcast. My name is Rahel Poppis and I'm your host. This podcast is all about our subconscious mind, inner peace and self-therapy to make your life easier. Enjoy the journey to your self-fulfillment. Learn, listen and become free because sharing is caring. Today I am a little nervous because I'm having my friend Martina Fink on the show and we will talk about perfectionism and healing and chakras. Welcome to the show, Martina. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so grateful for this opportunity to talk to you. I am super excited. So perfectionism, what is your journey of becoming a coach with a huge um, amount of building, team building that you do today with your people? That is a very long question, but um, you mentioned perfectionism and maybe I first start by explaining how I got into perfection because um, that started very early in my childhood when I was um, a little girl and like school started and it was very challenging for me to be part of the cool kids. I was bullied when I was little. I was always the target for, you know, stupid comments and things like that. And it was a very traumatic, traumatic part of my life where I felt that perfection, this is really where perfection started for me because I was trying to be perfect in everything. I was trying to make sure everything I do is right because if it's right, then there's no reason not to like me. Right. Mm -hmm. So like, I was very good at school, but then that made people or other kids jealous and like things like that where I thought, well, if I do things perfectly, then people will hopefully like me. And that was not the case, obviously. You <laughs> always do this, something wrong. <laughs> exactly, exactly. There's, there's always reasons um, to not like someone. But yeah, I was this very like nice, gentle little girl that wouldn't hurt a fly and yeah, it just made me this target of bullying. And so over the years, this perfection, it, it just became part of me. And, you know, I don't know, maybe this was part of me before all of that story too. Like maybe this is like my soul journey or something as well. Um, but yeah, I, I was very perfectionist in my studies. I was perfectionist at work. I was perfectionist with myself, with the way I looked like. Um, then I started to become a makeup artist at some point. And this is obviously also something- We have that in common. <laughs> yes, you can be very perfectionist with makeup. And um, yeah, so in my career, um, I, I worked at Apple for a couple of years where it's also really easy to be perfectionist. I was doing scheduling for the entire team at some point and like scheduling, if you're not perfect, there's going to be, you know, issues. So <laughs> I always somehow picked out these tasks that were really great for my perfection, but then that also challenged me a lot in terms of having super high expectations of myself that I was often not able to reach. And then you just stress yourself out because you, you expect so much of yourself and then, you can't, you can never get there. And even if you get there like 99%, it's still not enough. And that deep feeling of not being enough, not being good enough is something that really makes your life so difficult in all areas in like at work relationships in your own business. So that was a deep wound that I had to, I had to really work on. 
Thank you for sharing your vulnerability because I think everybody can relate to this topic of perfectionism or always wanting the, to be this person that does everything right and cannot be blamed to do anything wrong and wanting to be loved. It's always coming to the end of wanting to be loved of yeah. how you are or what you do, but it just doesn't happen in society nowadays. Absolutely. Wow. Like that's really all we want. We want to be loved and it's either love or separation, you know, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. in today's world, it's more mm -hmm. separation everywhere mm -hmm. instead of love. I mean, I see it like daily in, in my practice. I see it that this is the end of the topic because as long as you're not perfect, people are not going to love you. You're not going to love yourself. And um, it's all about, I am not okay or enough the way I am because I'm not perfect. And every time we come to this topic, I tell people, you know, there is this, um, this, um, this past perfect. So you will never be perfect because the perfect will always be in the past. So you will struggle for a lifetime of looking for something that will just never exist. And then suddenly people are aware of, of being like, okay, actually to who do I need to be most perfect? And that is to themselves. I agree. How did you get to make this a full topic of, of, of wanting to, to make people work on themselves with their own perfectionism or release perfectionism? It's interesting. I think it's something that has evolved over the years because um, when I first started my business, I was still into makeup more. So I helped people, I helped women specifically um, just feel great in their bodies and look great as well. Because, you know, makeup can, I don't think everyone should wear makeup every day all the time to look perfect, but like makeup does something to you. It can give you that boost of confidence, mm -hmm. even if you do something simple like, exactly. If you just do like cover your dark circles and do your eyebrows or something, it can, it really does affect your confidence and vice versa too. So this is how it originally started a couple years ago. I help women just explore with makeup and make it super easy because we all know that we don't have 30 minutes in the morning to stand in front of the mirror and, and get perfect, like make your makeup, do your makeup. Um, so I wanted to help women be more efficient and usually, you know, so you can do your makeup in five minutes and feel great about it instead of like over, overdo it and like use the wrong products and the wrong colors. So it was very easy, natural makeup. And then soon I, I saw how, how many of these women had such strong negative self-talk, like how they would tell themselves, oh, I can't do this eyeliner or oh, I don't like my eyes. And just those tiny little things that those comments that we make towards ourselves that are really not, not loving. And lots of women also struggle with skin issues and acne and like pimples and all of these things that I just wanted to explore more. And that's how I pretty much got into health coaching to explore more like holistic health and mm -hmm. how does stress affect our, our beauty and our confidence and how, how does our lifestyle affect the way we look and the way we feel in our bodies. And, and from there, I just also naturally always attracted women who, 
had a similar journey that I had, like high achieving women, you know, perfectionist women who want to make a career, who want to be successful, but then also at the same time, completely forget themselves. Like I was in a place a couple years ago before I quit my job where I just, all I did was work, sleep and eat. And like, that was pretty much what my life consisted of. And I just came to the point where I'm like, this is not it. I don't want to turn 30, 40, 50 and just work, eat and sleep all the time. Like I remember giving myself excuses to meet my family. Like I don't have time to meet my family. I'm too tired to go to work out. Like I'm canceling all my friends appointments because I was just physically, mentally, emotionally drained and exhausted. And I decided I do not want to live my life like this anymore. Mm-hmm. And yeah, through like the makeup coaching that I started on the side while still working full-time as a manager at Apple. Um, I just thought, well, you know, it's now or never. At least I can just try and see what happens. If, if it doesn't go the way I want it to, I can always get another job. Like I will not have to go live under a bridge and starve. Um, there will always be another solution. But like I have to try this now because if I don't do it now, I will probably never do it. Um, And yeah, and then from there, like I said, just attracted women who have similar stories, who also, you know, are not, yeah, close to burnout sometimes, really hard on themselves, like really perfectionist and also very shut shut off from their emotions. Mm -hmm. So very like in their masculine energy of like delivering, working really hard, numbers and you know achieving goals but not so much in in the feeling like how am I actually feeling right now how does this job make me feel how does this relationship make me feel how how do I feel about my life generally so this is something I work on with with my clients a lot is just tapping into that feeling and and really exploring there's not just I'm feeling good or I'm feeling bad like there's hundreds of different emotions and most of us don't know what these emotions even are like what what is that emotion is that sadness is it frustration is it anger is it disappointment um that's what we can explore and the more we can tap into the feeling the more fulfilled i believe our lives can become Hmm. there's such a huge variety of emotions to look at that we're actually not aware of because we're just stress with our life or social media or just not giving us the time to also heal ourselves. And my question is now, how do you help people to heal themselves, to heal their, their inner child, their perfectionism, the, maybe also the habits that they have in their daily life routine? Yeah, that's a, that's a big question because I think healing, healing is something that takes time it's a journey it's it's probably something where we will never get to the destination (laughs) to be honest with you like you know the feeling the deep feeling or my my personal deep wound of not feeling good enough is something that I've done so much work around and I've done so much healing on that but I know there will always be more situations in my life where that will be triggered so it's almost Mm -hmm. like an onion where you peel back the different layers and the onion just keeps growing and onion just just, keeps growing. Exactly. There will be more, more layers all the time, but you can definitely do a lot of healing. So I think 
the first thing is figuring out what is this deep issue? Like, what is that biggest fear really that I have? And where does that come from? And that usually comes from conversation. So I love um, just asking my clients questions and having them talk about things because the more they can talk, the more their brain is going to make connections that it's, it's all in the subconscious mind. So if you think of the subconscious mind, like the iceberg, it's like the subconscious mind is the piece of the iceberg that's under the, the surface of the water. And it's like 90% or 95% or some people say even it's 99% of our brain is the subconscious mind. And that's where we store experiences from the past, you know, things that happened to us, trauma, um, like my bullying story just came up for me a couple of years ago when I really started working on this with a coach and she had asked me all these questions. I'm like, oh, actually I got bullied when I was little and what exactly was that story and who was involved and how did that feel to me back then? And like really bring up what was under the surface, let's say uh, in the iceberg and bring that up and process all of these things. So once you know what your deep issue is, which may take a couple of conversations because we avoid that. Like the, the subconscious mind works in a way that we, we stuff things down that are uncomfortable so that we can be comfortable, right? So yeah. usually, usually I think everyone has some sort of wound that happened in our early childhood, probably around the age of seven, something like that. And um, when we can identify that main issue, that is really the starting point. And then from there we can see, okay, what do I need to do to heal this? Is this something, um, I, I usually do a lot of forgiveness work with my clients. So forgiving all these people that hurt us, like I had to forgive all the, all the girls that bullied me. And it's difficult to do that. It's painful. Like you really have to, mm-hmm. you have to kind of go back there and experience all the emotions and feelings again, because they're inside of you. And just like we, when we do a physical detox and we drink like juices or whatever detox you do, um, the stuff has to come up. Like, you know, when you detox, you flush out your toxins. So when you detox or, or heal emotionally and mentally, the stuff has to come out. Like you have to bring the darkness to the light for it to finally be released. So yeah, it will come up. It will be emotional. It will be very healing. And I think that is the main point. We have to feel those emotions. We have to bring that stuff to the surface for it to be released. And that's what most people are so scared of. They're like, no, I don't want to feel. I don't want to feel in general. And I don't want to feel that pain from back then again. Um, I just think today in the spiritual world, lots of people are like, oh, positive vibes only, you know, just think positive and everything's going to be okay. Well, yeah, it's great to think positive, but you have to look at the crap as well. And the faster you can do that, the more you will get into the positive space then afterwards. But you can't just ignore, you can't ignore the darkness because it's like a shadow. It's, it's going to, it's going everywhere you go. And it's also um, physically stored in your chakras. So I do a lot of work around the chakras with my clients and trauma and things like, like that emotions are stored in our, uh, in our second chakra, the sacral chakra, which is in our lower belly and in our hips. Um, maybe you've heard that in 
in yoga, hip openers are really good to release re emotion because that's where we store all of this, all of this stuff. So yeah, just doing lots of clearing. Um, the the uh, element for this chakra is the water. So anything to do with water can be really healing. Um, I work a lot with journaling with my clients. I give them exercises that they can specifically do, but also just randomly journal, like write out your emotions, write out angry letters, burn your angry letters. Like there are so many tools you can use. Um, I've worked with healers as well who have helped me in different healing modalities. So I think every person is different. So I can't give you like the perfect recipe to heal trauma or to heal perfection because it's something very individual. But in the end, like I, can, I can't even tell you what was the number one thing that healed my deep wounds. It was a mix of all the things and I was just doing... I was really committed to healing that. It was like, okay, this is something I don't want to carry on with me for the rest of my life. It's a chapter I want to close as good as I can, like we talked about the onion. Um, I am committed to doing whatever it takes to feel better about this, to no longer have this deep emotional pain. And so I did all of these different things that I could do. And I can't tell you what the number one thing was that helped me, but it's just a mix of like, you know, one step at a time and you will get there. Wow. Thank you for this pretty amazing introduction of what you do and what you think about the whole topic. And I just want, I wrote down a few points of, of wanting to go into this and um, what I can totally agree is bringing the darkness into light because people, including ourselves, we sugarcoat things. Oh, it's not so bad. Oh yeah, this was bad. But then you're like, well, why should I go back to the past? But the past is your shadow that is always with you and sabotaging you because you're not able to live your best self or best possible way of being free of of that darkness or a shadow that is still um with you and it's true the the chakras i think it's it's pretty amazing of of you mentioning the sec the second one the sacrum um because i i honestly a few weeks ago i was not really thinking of believing in chakras because i was like just um in a way you know like people or f philosophers were like did you ever feel your chakra and i'm like no well are you sure it exists i'm like maybe <laughs> so it was pretty interesting because um i will i will also be mentioning this in another episode um of my ayahuasca ceremony my body actually was shaking 45 minutes and i was releasing so much tension out of my hips And mm -hmm. I was like, I think there all the emotions are actually stored that we're so not aware of. And once we do hip openers, also um, when I was in, in the yoga teacher training, people cried a lot while doing hip openers because there our yeah. emotions are stored. And once we're releasing them, we're actually not knowing what's happening. So if you're also interested in doing hip openers, the psoas um, muscle is pretty important to that point. That's like the muscle that everybody cries. Okay. And um, yeah, about the water, it's also pretty interesting because 
um, water is emotion. It's motion because it's always in the flow. And that's why it's incredible when we're around the sea or lakes or rivers or um, even, even raindrops. It always depends where you are and, and our feelings get so deep into emotions because there is motion around us. And that's why, I don't know, people think, oh, well, rain doesn't affect us that much, but it actually does because it's coming from above down. And that's why it can get a lot of depression or a negative emotion to it. And I think, yeah, that's so amazing. You mentioning all of these things of what can affect us or what is really, um, yeah, an impact that can make this overtopic of perfectionism, but then actually an emotion that is also with us on a daily basis of shadows. Yeah, and I think the main issue with emotion with uh, perfection is that people are trying to look for validation in the outside world. You know, you you want to look perfect, be perfect, so that others like you. But in the end, do you like you? Like that's the main question. That's the main as question. As long as as long as you don't love yourself, it the whole entire world can love you. You will not see it because you don't validate yourself. So. So really when it comes to healing perfection is turning the focus inward and seeing, okay, what, what is it that I don't like about myself? What can I do to actually like it? And it's like you said, you know, you have to stop trying to be something you're not. Stop trying to get somewhere you will never get and be okay and happy and grateful and excited about what is now because now is really the only time we have. And if you don't like yourself now, thinking you will like yourself tomorrow is not going to happen because tomorrow you will think, oh, I will like myself tomorrow. And so the only real, you know, way to, to be happy and to, be, to live a fulfilled life is to work on the present moment and figure out how can I feel better in the now? What do I need to do to love myself now? And I know this is, you know, everyone's talking about self-love these days, but it's really the key moment is being okay with that, being okay with you now, being okay with you being a freaking mess, you know, being okay with you being angry on the couch on a Saturday night. Exactly. And it's okay. And the less of the pressure you have and you put on yourself, the more loving you can be towards yourself, the happier you're going to be because, you know, you will realize, well, if you're hard on yourself, if you're trying to hide your shadows, you're really ignoring a part of you. And that is very self-destructive. It's pretty amazing because I think you're the only person who always will have to live with yourself for the entire life. You don't even yeah. have a choice. And once you start not only accepting, but also appreciating yourself, you will start to be okay with emotions that you think don't belong to life, but it actually always belongs to life. Being angry, suffering, being vulnerable, being ashamed, it all be belongs to life that, that, um, that we cannot skip or sugarcoat or put beneath the carpet or put in a box and store it away. It's not never going to happen because these emotions are allowed to be there 
and not think it has to disappear. Yeah, and I even want to say that, you know, either you feel or you don't feel. Either you're someone who is completely numb and then you don't feel anything and you won't feel happiness either. Maybe it's a perceived happiness. Maybe it's like material things or things that you think, oh, that might really makes me happy. But truly, you're not happy because you're not feeling. So either you don't feel at all or you feel and then you feel everything. So that means you feel the deepest, darkest emotions and you feel like ecstasy and happiness that is at a level you could never imagine. Mm. So you can only be one of the two. There is no in between. There is no like, oh, I only feel the happy feelings, but I don't feel the darkness. No, it, it just doesn't work. No, it's not happening. What exercise can you give to our listeners for the, on a daily basis to be more in balance with themselves? Okay. I would say number one would be journaling. Mm -hmm. So just take a journal. If you don't have one, get one because it's going to save and change your life forever. Um, and just start by writing out. It, you can do a couple different things. One thing that works really well for someone who is very disconnected for, from their emotions is to ask a question in your journal. And you, the question is, how am I feeling right now? So over the course of a couple of days or weeks or months, you can just always answer the same question. How am I feeling right now? And then you start journaling. And maybe it starts, usually journaling works that way that your conscious mind basically gives the right answer. Again, exactly. So you write, oh, today I am feeling good, blah, blah, blah. And then after a few lines of journaling, you will start tapping into your subconscious mind and you will start writing things that you're like, oh, where does that actually come from? This is interesting. I wasn't thinking that. And that is really great. So the number one, number one rule for journaling is to not judge it. And it's not for you to write an essay that you're going to put in a frame and hang on your wall. It's really just a tool to process your emotions and your thoughts. So it's important that you don't think, oh, should I write this? Oh no, I can't write this. Oh, it's negative. I shouldn't write this night. No, you write out anything and you just really try get to get into the habit of just letting your pen float, float over your piece of paper. Um, so that's, that's, Probably the number one thing I would tell everyone is to start by asking yourself in your journal, how am I feeling right now? And even if you just give yourself five minutes a day, that is enough. And people always say, I don't have time. I don't have time. Well, let me tell you, if you don't have five minutes, you don't have a life. Because Good I work. bet you have... I bet you have time to scroll through social media. If you check your screen time on your phone, which we can all track now, you will be shocked by how much time you spend on social media, on WhatsApp, on your emails, at work. Like you will always find those five minutes. If you don't find the five minutes, you don't find the five minutes, then I'm sorry. Then like, yeah, it's going to be difficult. I We've think all been the there, no? <laughs> we have, for sure. <laughs> Until one day you're like, I'm actually not working. Screwing myself up. Yeah. Um, 
So I think the key to changing your life and to living a more fulfilled and peaceful life is to really take time for yourself every day and check in with yourself. Like you said, you know, you're the only person you're going to spend the rest of your life with. So who is this person? Get to know her, get to spend time with her and start by five minutes. It's like nowadays my practice in the morning is like two hours mm. and I don't get to work before I do any of, of the things that I want to do to fill myself up first because I really want to know who I am and who, how I'm feeling and what I can do to raise my vibration and to feel happy. And if I don't take this time, I'm just going to be a robot in a system that again, turns like 30, 40, 50. Like what did I do with my life? Hmm. Two hour morning routine. That is a hell of a long time, but I think amazing of you transform, transforming this, what you're saying and suggesting or finding for yourself that is important. Yeah. And it's true. And you know, if it, you don't have five minutes, you don't have a life. If you don't take the care for yourself, you're never going to be happy with yourself. Exactly. And I mean, I'm not saying everyone needs two hours and you know, my two hours consist of different things. Like it includes oil pulling, it includes my skincare, it includes some movement, it includes eating breakfast, it includes juicing, it includes journaling. So it's not that I'm sitting there cross-legged with my eyes closed and like trying to manifest things. Like, no, it's, it's just a couple of different things, you know, that have mm -hmm. become an important part of my life. And it's different. It, it varies daily as well, depending on how I feel, but I just, I'm not a morning person. So I wake up without an alarm clock and I just take the mornings for myself. And I get into the space where I can feel really great because especially in the work that I do of working with other people and coaching clients, like I have to be in my best shape to be of service to them. And if exactly. I'm just, if I'm just showing up with like 50% of my energy, I'm not doing well. No. And this is actually, this is actually the problem that most people give 150% into their work, into their jobs. And when it comes to them, they give them themselves like, 20 and that's just it doesn't add up like it's i want toxic. you to show up yeah i want you to show up for yourself just as much as you show up for your job just as much as you show up for your relationships you are equally important if not more so true um how do you see or what have you seen with clients of process from I would say beginning of, of supporting them till end of a, of a session or after a, a program. Oh, so many things. And it's it, like, it's literally mind blowing. And the biggest thing I think I work on with people is that pressure they put on themselves. Mm. Even, you know, even with morning practice, people can get so obsessed and perfectionist about it that they're like, if I don't do my five minute of meditation, I'm going to have a bad day. I'm going to be so angry at myself. And that is what creates more of the issue mm -hmm, because then you have more. more judgment towards yourself. You have more anger towards yourself. So it's about really becoming loving and gentle with yourself, which is a very long process for people because their entire life, they've pretty much not been loving and gentle with themselves. So 
it, that's like the biggest piece, stopping to judge yourself. Even if you screw up, it's okay. Just do better next time. So even if you miss your morning routine, even if you don't meditate for an entire week, you always get the chance to start again. And that's probably the biggest challenge. And that takes some time because we are in this habit of years and decades of living this way. Um, and I think the biggest transformations I've seen in people is that they start owning their lives again. Like one, I can think of one example, one of my clients, um, she was in one of my courses last year and she's like, what we always do is dreaming big. So I ask them to, you know, think about you have unlimited resources of money. You have all the time. You don't have to show up to work on Monday. What would you do with your life? And what, what, what experience would you experiences would you love to have? And she's like, I would love to travel the world, but then always the but comes, you know, like I can't do this because I have a job because I don't have the money, blah, blah, blah. So like your ego is trying to keep you safe and it's trying to keep you comfortable where you are right now. So then I asked her, okay, well tell me where you would want to go. Create a vision board, create a vision board on Pinterest and pick out all the locations you would love to travel to. And then she did that. And then we're like, okay, well, let's look at the finances. Let's see how much the flights cost. Let's see how much accommodation costs. Let's see how long you want to stay there and like come up with a spreadsheet and a budget. And we realized that she has all the savings for this already, but she kept telling herself that she can't do this. She even had like probably five or 10,000 more than what this trip would have cost anyway. And I'm like, what exactly, like, why exactly are you not doing this if you have the money and you, you can do this and you know and where you want to go? a dream and desire, yeah. Exactly. And then the reason why you're not doing it is because you don't think you deserve to actually experience the things that you want and you desire. And yeah, and then she quit her job and she's now traveling and I love watching her stories and her photos and it just makes me so happy to see how- That is amazing. She got from the place where like, I have this dream, but I can't do it to, okay, I actually can do it. And it's like realizing that the the big dreams we have, well, maybe it's a trip around the world, but maybe it's also just, you know, dancing more. Maybe it's also just having deeper connections with people. And then what, what are the exact steps that I need to take? And it, it often feels like a huge mountain in front of us, that goal that we have and we need to realize that achieving those dreams and the things that we want to do with our life and things we want to change in our lives starts with taking one step and with getting really clear on, okay, what is it? How important is it really? Maybe she could have said, well, it would be nice to travel, but actually it's more important for me to do something else, mm -hmm. you know, and, and that's fine too. But like own the things that you desire. And we have desires in our heart because they are meant for us. Like, I don't dream of something I don't want, right? I only dream of something I want. So it's about honoring that and then doing whatever you can to make it happen. And, and it's, not, it's not about the trip. It's not about the money. It's about you believing that this is possible for you and you believing that you deserve it and that this can be your life if you decide. So it's a lot of, like, mental work, really. It's a lot of, like releasing beliefs and changing the beliefs you have to really think differently about yourself and like question yourself question your thoughts and know that you are 
you're not your thoughts. You are the thinker of your thoughts. So you can decide what you think. You can get carried away by what you think, but you could also decide, I'm going to think differently because you're, you're not your thoughts. That's the most destructive thing that I think we're carrying of thinking that we are our thoughts or though we're not. Mm-hmm. And once you get into this um, awareness of not being your thoughts, you actually get into a lot of freedom because you can actually stop your thoughts of thinking crap all the time. Yeah. Um, let me just look something up in my journal because I was listening to an audiobook the other day and it was so great. And I'm like, wow, I need, I needed to share this with some of my clients too, because I think it's so powerful. So in the end, you know, all, everything we do is either love or fear. So if you have a loveless thought, you are going to have a loveless experience right? So it just makes total sense. You think with fear, you're going to experience fear. But I am willing to see this differently. Like this is something, and I learned this from Marianne Williamson. For those of you who don't know her, go look her up. She is absolutely amazing. So she always says, um, and this is from The Course of Miracles, I am willing to see this differently. So if you're not at peace and you choose a non-loving thought, you can choose again. Like you said, you know, you are not your thoughts. You are the thinker of your thoughts. So if you, if you think with fear, you can choose again and choose love. I know it sounds um, very easy and it's not always that easy to implement, but if you tell yourself it's hard, it's going to be hard. So let's just leave it that way. <laughs> you can choose differently. How can people contact you or find you? Yes, you can find me at Martina Glows on Instagram and Facebook and martinafink.com is my website. We will have it all in the notes. Wow, what an incredible talk. I'm amazed by all the things that we mentioned or we were talking about or you sharing your story, your inner thoughts, your experiences. I am thrilled of having all of this information from you. I am super thankful. Thank you very much. Thank you. And we will have everything in the notes. Is there anything you want to add? Yeah, maybe just that I'm starting and launching a a brand new course, which is specifically tailored towards perfectionists, just because I realized all of my clients like have some sort of perfection. So I'm creating this course that is starting in a couple of weeks. It's called Perfectionist Rehab. And um, it's a four-week course with focus on releasing perfection in our physical health, emotional health, mental health, and spiritual health. So we're really looking at our entire life, you know, holistically and see how we are sabotaging our behaviors, our beliefs, and our dreams eventually, and how we can change the way we live our lives on a daily basis to make sure that step-by-step we can get closer to yeah, that fulfilled life that we really dream of and that we can work less and just really feel great in our bodies every day we wake up because, again, we only have this one life and it, we really need to recover from perfection if that's what's holding you back from living your best life. Wow. Thank you very much. That was amazing. And I hope enrollment is still open until when? 
22nd of March. 22nd. Okay, perfect. So for everybody who wants to enroll, do it now. And thank you very much for being on the show. And I hope to see you or hear you soon. Of course. Thank you so much. It was great to speak with you. Thank you.